On this edition of the Golf Digest Fantasy Podcast, we look back at the Waste Management Phoenix Open and look ahead to the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Welcome back to the Golf Digest Podcast. I'm Joel Beal, joined in studio today by Steve Hennessy. One of the more notable weeks on tour, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, one of the few events where Sometimes the players aren't necessarily the main spotlight of the week. You get the celebrities and high amateurs that definitely garner their fair share of coverage. But uh, before we get into that, see, we should probably talk a little bit about the Waste Management Phoenix Open. A couple storylines that emerged from that. One that I'm surprised that's still kind of a narrative this this many years in is the crowd behavior. Something that you usually hear, you know, some rider riders that for their you know, a- annual what's what's going on is this this bad for golf is this good for golf right. but then that didn't die down as it, if anything it got amplified after the tournament there was some fans yelling some things at ricky fowler there was a uh, incident with jordan spieth uh, are we surprised by this backlash or um you know i guess wh- where do you sit i know we talked a little bit about it last week but after kind of watching the weekend's events where do you sit now on the on the issue um i'm not surprised that there continues to be issues with the fans uh you know misbehaving at the tournament because you know you have so many people there people who are not normally at a golf tournament which i personally think is a great thing uh brian wacker wrote on our site this week how you know the the wasted open you know is this too much and that's one opinion and i think a lot of actually a decent amount of people share that opinion i think it's a good thing for golf you have these people who would not normally be interested in golf here and paying attention to golf maybe they are converted to play golf maybe not you know you can't really control that but you can control them coming and you know attending a pga tour event which i think is a good thing for the game but the fan behavior might be a little out of hand i don't know how you control it uh the the streaker was pretty hilarious and made made for some good content on Did our you get to see the website. interview today by the way yeah he uh lost his job lost his job five days in jail still doesn't regret it no sticking to his guns that's God pretty amazing him. yeah uh don't think i would share that opinion uh, <laughs> of him but but yeah i mean it's this huge it's this huge thing but it's one week out of the pga tour um and i think it's a, a good thing uh and we discussed it a little last week, but how do you kind of stand after, you know, all the, the things have fallen out after this week? Yeah, well, I'll never advocate for people yelling at someone's backswing or, you know, throwing things on the green. Right. Um, that's got, honestly one of the reasons why I think the Ryder Cup uh, has to be very careful with some of the behavior we saw at Hazeltine um, a couple of falls ago. Uh, that said, I mean... <laughs> This is like going to Antarctica and complaining it's cold. Like you know what you're getting with <laughs> right. this event, um, and you know, I, t- I will say to Fowler and Spieth's credit, they really didn't make that big of a deal of the issue. But I do think golf is taking itself a little bit too seriously by saying this is getting out of hand. It's, I mean, yes, there is some drunken behavior there. It is a little rowdy. It's just a normal Saturday SEC football game, though. Too. Sure. Like I, I do get a little upset that. I mean, can you imagine if an uh, uh, NBA or MLB player complained of, hey, the crowd was making noise while yeah. I was trying to shoot a free throw. That free to throw, be... too many people yelling in my, uh, I mean, I'm taking the ball back. I mean, yeah. Seriously, you know, you're right. They have to expect this going in, and it's nothing new. It's happened for 15-plus years. So, you know, for a couple swings, you know, you got to really focus. And these guys have played in, you know, Ricky and Jordan have played in, 
Ryder Cup, so it's nothing new to them. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. Golf has to stop taking itself so seriously in these cases because it is good potentially for the game. So uh, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of sour grapes and just people who don't want to admit that it's, you know, potentially good for the game. You know, they kind of like the status quo. I'm I'm all for this kind of atmosphere. I, actually, I, I would like it to happen at another event. It, it would be great for the game, more excitement to an event. So I almost wonder if they said, you know what, for this one week we're going to allow the fans to do whatever they want and cheer. So that way, like, the players kind of know what they're signing up for. It's right. not. And by the way, I think these guys do know what they're signing up for. That's yes. why I'm surprised this continues to creep up. And I, I'm sure you know, the media takes part of the blame for that in terms of just recycling it and I gotta be honest. The only real issue I have with the tournament, and I'm certainly not the first person to say this, I feel like they should have started on Wednesday. That way, it ends on Saturday when you have the 200,000 plant, mm. you know, fans plus, and it's not competing with the Super Bowl. And especially, right. you know, the crowds drop. I think this year it went from 210 on Saturday to 85 yeah. on Sunday, still which huge still numbers, a huge crowd. But, but you know, if you're kind of looking to capitalize on that type of atmosphere, it sounds like a Saturday finish would actually be more apropos. Yeah, and the Wednesday numbers, attendance-wise, were huge mm -hmm. and probably much bigger than any tournament. It was, so, what, like 80,000 that day yeah, as well? Yeah, for a Wednesday. So, you know, why not start it on Wednesday and have it end on a Saturday? That's another differentiator for a tournament, which is a cool thing, and more people will pay attention because you're not competing with Super Bowl Sunday. I like that idea a lot. And kind of with the other stories that has emerged from TPC, Scottsdale was, I mean, obviously Gary Woodland played great. I mean, this is a guy who's kind of been right there on the fringe for the past three or four years. Obviously, yep. injuries have sidetracked his career. But um, unfortunately, I think Woodland's win was a little bit overshadowed by the play of Ricky Fowler, who it was a stat that you saw all over the place was, you know, six times Fowler has right. held or tied the 54-hole lead and has only won one of those instances. Yeah. Uh, you know, what is... Are we making too much of this, hey, is Ricky struggling to close, or is this a big enough sample size where, you know, he's 29, he's still young enough, 29, but he also has 200 PGA starts. Is this a big enough size where we go, hey, we're, this is a trend here? Right. For me, you know, it was just a one-shot lead this week in Phoenix, and it's such a shootout at the end. I mean, typically mm -hmm. you got to make a lot of birdies to win this. So I don't look so much at, you know, not being able to close out this Win. I mean, he shot a 73 on Sunday, which wasn't great, but we saw the swing kind of, uh, you know, he didn't have his best stuff on Saturday. He mm -hmm. had a good finish to get in the clubhouse with the lead. But when you kind of look at his career and four wins, he's 29, he's turning 30 in December. You know, I think he could still win a couple times this year and contend in a major, and it's a totally different thing than what we're talking about right now. We're only talking about it because – he happened to have the lead, and, you know, good for Ricky to play that well to be in contention. So I'm not ready to, you know, throw Fowler into the underperforming category because he has this whole season still to, you know, to get it done. Exactly. It's February, first week right. of February, right? It's um, just an easy narrative to kind of fall under because he had the lead. He didn't do it again. Oh, Ricky. You know, and he was the only one that played – Bad in that final group. John Rahm really struggled on Sunday. Uh, Xander Shoffley, same same issue. Yeah, uh, DeChambeau, DeChambeau kind of had a that little, little four putt there that early on in his round, and he actually you know righted the ship pretty well and finished mm -hmm. in the top five still. No, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I mean, I, I will say last year 
you know, it was, obviously he wasn't holding the lead, but he was in that penultimate group at Augusta and kind of struggled on Sunday. Sure. Um, Aaron Hills, he was, I think, two back one on the final day. And mm-hmm. I want to say he shot 72, which was okay, but, you know, Kepka went low and Fleet went a couple other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matsuyama went low. So, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit I, – I can see where the – Frustration is coming from. Uh, I'm sure Fowler shares that with a lot of people. Uh, oh, it's not, of course. You know, um, but you know, we've seen guys like Phil Mickelson and DJ. You know, it only takes that one real breakthrough, and then you, can, the, you know, a lot more comes. So, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. It's not great, but I don't think it's to the point where we should really be concerned about hampering Fowler's prospects going forward. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know that Ricky's going to take such a step forward that he's going to become Dustin Johnson or, you know, Jason Day and, mm-hmm. you know, run away from these other guys because, you know, he's really, really good. He's a top five player in the world, arguably, you know, when his game is there. But is he one of these guys who are going to run away and become a world number one and win a couple majors? He could be, but, uh, you know, more than that, he, I think – he could win a couple more times and uh, improve his career stats to a point where, you know, the narrative kind of changes on him. And, you know, it's not to the point where he should be so frustrated that he didn't get it done this time. You know he is frustrated, but there's going to be a lot of other op- opportunities for him. Yeah, it, that, that is kind of one thing that is concerning is people are right, like almost writing him off. It's like this is yeah, just a on. small chapter in his book. He's he's still got plenty of years left. Oh, and for sure. A lot of times to, you know, write this ship, so – yeah, I'm with you. It's it's interesting, but definitely not concerning, at least up to this point. Yeah, I'm with you. So, but that's that's last week. So this week is the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro Am, old clam bake, as I like to, right. like to call it. Yep. Um, Steve, you've actually been to Pebble Beach before. How how that experience go? Yeah, I, I mean the course Pebble Beach is un- unbelievable. Uh, it's I think number seven on our last mm-hmm. hundred greatest ranking. Goes all the way back to 1919. You know, it's been called the greatest meeting of land and sea in golf. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't disappoint. It's it's a lot of money. You pay, you know, whatever, 700 bucks to play it. But it's a once-in-a-lifetime type thing for a lot of people. And, you know, to me, it's, it's justifiable. And it, it's, a cra- it's a crazy thing that they have going. They, they are fully booked on tee times most of the year. Uh, you know, for that money. So you start doing the math in your head and how much money they make a day. And, uh, you know, there's a reason people keep coming back because Pebble Beach is, you know, it's it's a great course. Um, And it's it's a great setting, too, you know, for the whole family. Um, So, yeah, I got to play it, I think it was three years ago now, with my brother and his in-laws and something we'll always have you know a, a great memorable uh experience together now, so your travels are so profound i sometimes get my steve stories mixed up oh, is this the on. time where was steph curry there at yeah, some point as well that's right so we teed off in the third group of the day and steph teed off as the first group of the day and he shot pretty sure he shot a 72 from the back tees wow. but the coolest thing was he stuck around in the tap room after and this was right after the the Warriors won their first NBA Finals, and he was the MVP. This is 2015. Oh, He's, so this is post-fame then. Yeah. Okay. He stuck around for at least an hour of signing autographs and taking pictures with anyone who wanted to. And, you know, this is Northern California, so he's obviously a huge deal. The Warriors are, you know, just becoming such a great thing. So that was really cool. You know, Steph Curry kind of stuck around and uh, fully embraced all the the hubba, hubba-baloo that was, that was there, so... 
It's, it's too bad the NBA is in the uh, midseason right now. I feel like uh, you know, it'd be nice to see Steph in the yeah. program. You know, like, he would tee it up. He would love to. He should pull what uh, LeBron did a couple years ago. He just takes two weeks off and, you know, <laughs> hey, I'll come back refreshed. I, I think, you know, the I'm Warriors sure that would go over well. the game, right? Yeah, him and Andre. Uh, yeah, that would be cool. Steve Carter, too. You could have a, a foursome of just Ooh, Warriors that would be guys. good. Yeah, I think that, I think that's willing sacrificing a couple of games for the, for the good of golf. Yeah, absolutely. Look into it, Warriors. You know, just <laughs> we're here for the ideas. That's come on. Well, um, so this is, does have a really good field this week. Uh, Rory McIlroy making his uh, PGA Tour season debut. Right. Jordan Spieth coming back defending his title. Dustin Johnson's in the field. Jason Day. Uh, Phil Mickelson as well, who's, mm-hmm. who's won here a couple times. So I guess Steve Osasadi, who's your first pick this week? Um, so, you know, a lot of great names, like you said. Uh, I'm going with Dustin Johnson in terms of uh, the course history here. You know, you could go Spieth. Uh, he hasn't missed a cut. He's, I think, five for five and mm-hmm. one last year. He just seems to be a little off. I don't know if it's his putting or or what it really is. Yeah, did you see that stat? He's 196 so far. Uh, in strokes game? In strokes game putting. Now, granted, he's only oh. played 10 rounds. Sure. But still, I think but to say Jordan Spieth and anything over 100 in a putting stat mm. is amazing. Uh, so he's obviously a little off. I'm, you know, we wouldn't be surprised if he won this week because it's Jordan Spieth. Uh, but I'm more willing to put my eggs in Dustin Johnson's basket given – his current form, we've seen him, uh, you know, play so well to start the year, and uh, you know he's played well here before. Had the the close uh, run in with the U.S. Open in that was 2010, right? Yeah, the, the Grand McDowell year. Yep. Yeah, right. He shot like an 82 in the final round, but he, you know, he knows this place. Um, you know, I think it, it suits his game well. You know, you, you got to be long off the tee, but also the recovery shots. You got to have a lot of strength out of this rough. So I like Dustin Johnson this week. Yeah, I think if you're, it's either Speeth or DJ as the, as the front runner. And I, I yeah. think given how Speeth's played as of late, you know, still, still hitting the ball extremely well, but giving his putting was, uh, I'm with you. I think Dustin Johnson's got to be the number one guy yeah. going in. You know, out of the favorites, J- Jason Day, too. I mean, you know, we just saw him win uh, at Torrey. So, mm-hmm. um, Day's got a good track record here as yeah, well. Yeah, he sure does. So, you know, wouldn't be surprised to see him contending either. But it's just those injury concerns. He talked about his MRIs after uh, after he won. So that just kind of concerns me a little. So that's why I go DJ out of all the favorites. Yeah, understandable. I think we anyone's glad to see Day back, but there's still this air of reservation, especially given he dropped out of the Pro-Am that, you know, exactly. at, at Torrey Pines. Right. So um, having him back in the full is great, but I think people are just – it's it's more of a caution, possibly optimistic, but mm-hmm. still caution. Sure. With day. Um, speaking of injury, my first pick is Brant Snedeker, a guy mm-hmm. who when we're talking about picks. He's normally as safe as it come here. He he's won twice and then he finished fourth last year. So got a couple uh, three top tens under his belt. However, he missed major parts of 2017 due to injury, and because of that, I think the 37 year old's falling off the radar a little bit. Sure. Um, coming back from injury, he hasn't been great, although he did show some signs of life last week at, at Phoenix, finishing mm-hmm. in the top 25. So he's a guy who has a, a very nice track record here, and because of said injuries, you can get him at a pretty good good, pretty good price sure. um, in, in, in weekly fantasy league. So if you're looking for a little bit of a dark horse, I think Brant Snecker is a good guy to look into. And in terms of motivation, he's currently not in the Masters field and mm-hmm. needs to get back inside that top 50. He's only a couple spots outside, but uh, that's you know huge for him to have a couple top five, top tens 
rolling into uh, April. So I like Snedeker. If, if he's going to play well in Phoenix, you would think he would play well at Pebble where he's had success before. So I like that in terms of people who have had success at Pebble. We saw him come pretty close last week in Phoenix. That's Phil Mickelson. He loves Pebble Beach. Uh, I think he has the U.S. Open circled here in 2019 as you know maybe his chance to mm-hmm. get, off, get off the U.S. Open schneid. Similarly, you know, probably as close as he's come to winning a PGA Tour event in the last five years was here in 2016 when he just Von Taylor, missed, yep. <laughs> yeah, the Von Taylor year, good for Von Taylor. But Phil just missed that putt on the 72nd hole to force the playoff. Um, we we saw him play great last week, so you know why shouldn't that translate to Pebble Beach, where you know he knows better than anyone in this field. So I, I like Phil. Uh, you know, to, to contend, you know, who knows if he could get it done, but you, you figure he'll be a factor come Sunday. You know, as the season started, I think, you know, things to watch or on a lot of people's things to watch list was Kim Mickelson make another Ryder Cup run. Sure. And, you know, given the way he kind of played at the end of 2017, I mean, yeah, he made the President's Cup, but if his name wasn't Phil Mickelson, I don't know if the resume really warranted the spot. Um, you know, I, I thought it was a kind of a cute little story, but not one that had much merit. And then he comes out last week, and I'll grant he's played really well at the Waste Management Open throughout his career. But, right. I mean, the way he played, he's clearly not slowing down. And, you know, if he wins this week or gets another top five, all of a sudden he's going to be right there in points. Granted, it's still 30 events out. But right. um, all of a sudden I think he legitimately is a, a guy that has a formidable case to be a part of the, the team come yeah. come France. Even at 47, he seems energized. He, you know, He's got the game. He almost did it last week. He beat, you know, so many other guys in the field and, you know, had a chance come Sunday if it wasn't for that double bogey on 18 and a couple more putts kind of mid-round because he he had a nice stretch to finish the round, just couldn't get it done. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive what he's doing at his age for sure. I will say in, in some regards, yes, we see the age and we're blown away, but if you look across the spectrum, really outside of football, Athletes are extending their careers longer than ever. Sure. Now, granted, Phil's not exactly the, you know, paradigm the of typical athleticism. modern athlete. Right. That being said, his swing actually is relatively easy on the back, so it's not necessarily surprising he's able to sustain um, this type yeah, of you true. know viability this long. So he yeah. hasn't had injuries plague his career no. really like other guys his age have. No, and you know as we've seen with. You know, someone like Kenny Perry or, you know, even VJ to extend. You can't – Davis Love Third mm-hmm. won a couple of years ago at, what, 51, I think? Yeah, So, right. I mean, it's it's not totally unheard of. And, you know, if anyone's going to do it, Phil Mickelson is that's probably right. the guy to, right? Yeah. And at Pebble, uh, you know, wouldn't be surprised to see him do it. So, who do you like, JB, with your so second my second pick? guy, I'm actually st- sticking with the uh, injury uh, injury theme. I'm going Nick Watney, who, you know, ah. the guy who last well, probably three or four years has, hasn't really been the same guy because of injuries. really done a number to him. Um, that being said, he's, you know, back to relatively full health and, um, you know, showing signs of life, played well last week at Phoenix. Um, and this is a course that he's really played well throughout his career, has three top tens here. Um, Best was a, a runner-up in 2015, played played pretty good here last year with a T14. Actually, was kind of right there until a, a 70 on uh, 70 in round four, kind of dropped him down a little bit. But um, Watney's another guy who is still, you know, not a young guy by any means, but he's still young enough to still do some damage. Uh, I think he his career can still get back on track, and if you're going to do that, I think this would be a really good place for him to to get things right. And he was another guy in 2010 who had a chance uh, on Sunday at the U.S. Open. Um, him and DJ kind of 
faltered together in that final mm-hmm. round. So, um, yeah, those are two guys who's, you know, Pebble Beach is a course where, you know, past form is really going to translate here. Uh, and that, you know, also goes for Spyglass and Monterey Peninsula, the mm-hmm. short course, which are the other two courses in the rotation. But, you know, these courses have pretty much stayed the same for a long period of time. So it's a good tournament to look at past history uh, for winners. So, you know, Nick Watney with, with decent uh, per past performance with good form, that's a good good formula. Let's assume that who's your third guy. Yeah, same same kind of deal. Uh, Pat Perez, who's you know played out of his mind the past uh, two years or so. He has three top tens here in the past, and two of them were 2015 and 2014, kind of before he started this career rejuvenation, winning a couple times. So um, he's playing his best golf probably of his career. I don't think he would argue that fact. And this is a place, you know, these Poana Greens, he's a California guy. Um, you know, he's, he's playing so well tee to green and hitting it great that if he gets a couple putts to drop and on these greens, I wouldn't doubt him doing that. Uh, you know, I, I don't see why he's not going to put together another top ten this week. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm just looking around, I think a lot of people are behind Perez this week, and not only because yeah. of the location, but his game just suits his course so well. Oh, for sure. So my last guy is Kevin Kisner, who hasn't quite followed up that breakout 2017 the way we thought he would. But if you look at his stats, he's actually still right there. He's third in strokes game putting. Um, the one thing that's really hurt him this year is just off the tee. He's been all over the place. He's actually 137th in strokes gains off Jeez, the tee. You wouldn't expect that from Kisner. Exactly. Um, but, you know, the, the scoring average is still fine. He's actually eighth in birdie average. So it's really just kind of eliminating those miss hits. This is a place where you can kind of do it at Pebble. Um, you know, Spyglass, a little bit of a different case, but, you know, for the most part, if you um, you can be a little wild off the team and get away with it, I mm-hmm. think. And, um, you know, that's if, as long as Kisner kind of keeps him in play, I think, I think this sets up really well for him. Um, I think he's just too good of a player to kind of done what he's done so far this year. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that if the one area that does concern me a little bit is his uh, – performance around the green uh, it, it, uh, especially at Monterey if you struggle getting up and down I think you're gonna put some big numbers up and I think that that's one area that does concern me but he's such a good iron player that I think he's due for a revival and I think Kisner I think you're gonna see that this week yeah I like it he plays his best golf when he needs to play target golf uh, and playing target golf at these three courses you know you're gonna play well if you, if you do that so I like kids one one guy we haven't really talked about was uh, Rory who yeah. has played two tournaments on the Euro Tour and played well had a what third place at Abu Dhabi and a runner-up at Dubai so yep. what do you like uh, for, or what do you expect from Rory this Gosh, week? Gosh I don't know what to expect he's never played in this event before um, he you know obviously played the 2010 US Open uh, did okay but um, you know I think for him this is just kind of you know, he, he likes Pebble Beach, and uh, a lot of guys have talked about this event before, so he probably comes over here just as kind of a, a gear up before Riviera and mm-hmm. before Tiger's event, uh, just kind of as a convenience factor. So I don't know that the expectations should be too high for Rory this week. I think he's more so just trying to get some reps and, uh, you know, the location and proximity to Riviera makes it make sense for him. So... I really don't know what to expect if he wins. You know, he's Rory McIlroy, so no one's going to be surprised per se. But uh, you know, he's not someone that I'm. When you look at the the favorites in this field, I would you know more so get behind DJ, J Day, or Spieth before him. Not only that, and, and you know, it's 
it's funny because he is really McElroy, right? But he does seem to be kind of gliding under the radar, not only because of those aforementioned names, but because of Mickelson. Even John Rahm, who, um, yeah. you know, I mean, arguably the best player in the world right now, um, what we've seen the past four or five months. So it, it seems weird to even list him as like a second-tiered guy. But, um, yeah, that in that same tone, I don't think anyone would be shocked if McElroy is there on the leaderboard board come Sunday. Yeah, Rahm, too. I mean, you mentioned him. He's kind of an automatic contender at this point you know he gets it done at the career builder and he was a factor last week at uh really the last two weeks at Torrey and then uh phoenix last week so and i think rom had a t5 last year here correct so yeah this guy's just a world beater and he's motivated to be number one in the world so i will say one, one thing that got has me a little worried so far so here's rom's round breakdown so far in the season mm-hmm. uh round one he's fourth Round two and three, both 22nd. His round four scoring average so far in the early season, 122nd. Huh. And I remember at the end last year, now Grant, this is only five rounds each, so five tournaments basically. So very, very small sample size. But it, you know, as we saw in Tory and as we saw, um, even even career builder kind of struggled a little bit down the stretch. Sure. Oh, everyone struggled down the stretch there. Yeah. Um, but you know, the last couple of weeks, and it's funny, at Quail Hollow last year, someone mentioned – you know, it's as we've seen, he's a very emotional guy. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think it actually comes to his advantage, but the one area someone mentioned to be watch out is his round four scoring. That's when he kind of hits a wall a little bit, and that's right. when he gets the emotions get the best of him. So those stats um, back it up. Yeah, and now granted, again, only five rounds, uh, you know, a, a, a sample size that's admittedly very small, and the guy's number two in the world with the chance to be number one. So clearly, <laughs> things are still going very well for him. Right. He's also young. It, you know, a lot of the guys. I have have you know we've seen it with speed sometimes because of the motions get the, get the best from sure. but um, it's something to I think keep an eye on as he continues to make this ascension to be one of the game's you know best players so yeah um, not only here but at, you know as, as the season transfolds so Steve anything else no uh, you know pumped to see all the celebrities out there this week uh, Bill Murray rocking some some crazy pants I think he's supposed to wear bell bottoms or something crazy oh so <laughs> be on the lookout for that Justin Timberlake. You know, breaking down some crazy songs. Uh, I mean, we can bet on the Carlton dance probably coming back oh, out, right? Hell That's yeah, a staple. I think. I at think this point. last year, uh, whatever song he and uh, uh, Alfonso Ribeiro broke down, I mean, that went on my Spotify the next <laughs> the next day. So uh, JT and you know all these celebrities. Uh, you know, it is a cool thing. Say what you want about you know the tired format of the pro am, but um, the root of all this is. Uh, you know, is donating money for charity. And part of what we do with Golf Digest at Pebble Beach and the, the Arnie Awards is, you know, recognize these celebrities who, who do that. So Kelly Slater, uh, Clay Walker, Julie Inkster, our uh, 2018 Arnie Award winners, they'll be recognized uh, this week at Pebble Beach. That's kind of the, the underlying thing. Uh, and we can't talk about that sort of stuff enough. Yeah, so. without a doubt. I will say one final question. Any celebrity, if you got a chance to play with, who would it be? Wow. Dead or alive? We'll say alive. Alive? Celebrity? Uh, I'd probably go Michael Jordan. It, Jordan? Really? Yeah. I mean, that would be so much fun to, to tee it up with him. He's got his new golf course being built in, in Florida. I mean, it, it sounds like it's going to be a great time. Uh, you know, he's just, what do you say? He smokes six cigars <laughs> around on the course. I mean, how much fun would that be to I mean, assuming he's goat. in your cart, I'm sure you can maybe, you know, snag us. <laughs> I would deal. assume he has a couple free ones 
sitting around. So how about nice. you? I'll tell you what, you're making me rethink my pick now. Oh, yeah. see, MJ. What the one I'm sticking in the sports realm. I, mm-hmm. I would go with Aaron Rodgers just because he's such a ridiculously cool guy. I, the people don't really. I think sometimes he gets a bad rap of a little standoffish, but uh, the few interactions that I had with him outside of the golf, it's he's a very laid back guy. He's a really good golfer too. Yeah, so, he'll be in the field this week. Yeah, right? he'll be he playing. Plays. So uh, I think Rodgers would be my pick. Um, assuming there's no one, not that Rodgers guy with the cheese head falling on the all state. As long as he's out <laughs> of the distracted. Yeah, I, I think Rodgers is my pick. I, you know what, Bill Murray would be there too, but yeah. I'd feel like I'd be worried that a, a bad experience could like jade my perception of Bill That's Murray. True. So j- just out of safety, I think I'd stay away from Bill. Yeah, you, you never know what Bill Murray's going to you know do on the golf course if you're teeing it up with this him. This is true. So we got this great opinion of him as a, as a person. So Let's just keep it that way. Yeah, right? I like it. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Subscribe to us on iTunes if you are not, uh, and we'll be back next week. Thank you.